Beautiful. Can we give God some praise? Come on, just, just for the next 10 seconds, just give Him praise and say thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for saving me. Come on, keep on praising. Thank you for healing me. Thank you for blessing me. Thank you for doing miracles. And come on, don't stop. Just keep on, keep on praising. Thank you. Thank you for being my God. Thank you for being with me when nobody else was. Come on, just keep praising Him, praising Him, praising Him. I want to thank you, Lord. You're the one who turned my life around. You've been so good to me. You've been so gracious, so kind. Well, God bless you, everyone. So good to see you all here on this beautiful Sunday morning. Those of you in the overflow facilities, and God bless you. And of course, all of you on live stream, thank you for joining us. Those of you who don't know who I am, my name is Mark. I'm the campus pastor out in Hillcrest together with my wife, Megan. So uh, if you have any family out in the Hillcrest area, please let them know that they should come and join Durban Christian Center, Hillcrest. We'd love to see them there. Amen. God bless you. Well, I'm going to go straight into the message this morning. We spent the last uh, month talking about the theme of unstoppable power. Unstoppable power. That's been our theme this last month. And this morning, I want to talk about the unstoppable power of God that is displayed through serving. That's right, serving. That word serving. I want to talk about the power of serving. And, and I can feel some of you looking at me saying, what could possibly be so powerful about serving? Well, I'm glad you're asking that question because we're going to have a look at it today. And you'll find interwoven in the various books of the Bible this word serving coming up. In fact, men and women in the Bible that did serve found the power of God drawn to them and the power of God flowing through them. Everyone say with me, serving. All right. So let's begin our journey. If we look at 2 Kings chapter 3, we see the story of three kings together with their armies stuck in a desert. They've run out of water and the Moabites, their enemy, is approaching. So this is a potentially catastrophic situation. Thousands of people stand the risk of dying in the desert. Those three kings need an answer. Those three kings need a breakthrough. They need a miracle. They need a word from God. Those three kings are looking for the man of God. They're looking for the power of God. And one of the kings says, is there not a prophet here, someone that could give us a word? And the response is found in 2 Kings chapter 3, verse 11, the latter part of that scripture. Elisha, the son of Shaphat, is here who poured water on the hands of Elijah. So listen to what the Bible says. Elisha, the son of Shaphat, is here, who poured water on the hands of Elijah. The only thing that they make reference to in Elisha's resume is that he poured water on the hands of Elijah. Pouring water on someone's hands was the job of a servant. In times of old, when a guest would come to the house, it was the servant that would meet him at the door and pour water on his hands. Because in times of old, they didn't eat with a knife and a fork. They ate with their hands. And so the servant's job was to make sure that the guest's hands were clean. When the Bible says that Elisha poured water on the hands of Elijah, the Bible is actually saying that Elisha was a servant. So when God was looking for a man to save thousands of people out of destruction in the desert, he chose to use a servant, Elisha was a servant. The power of God was made manifest through a servant. 
If you look at the book of Joshua, you see how God leads the Israelites to the flooded Jordan and thereafter to the towering Jericho. Now, the Jordan in flood season is a beast. It's as much as 800 meters wide in parts and as much as 50 meters deep in parts. It's very fast-flowing water. It's a torrential flood. And not even a professional swimmer would be able to cross the Jordan in flood season. And these weren't swimmers. These were people that had been wandering in a desert for some 40 years. There were families. There was little children. Behind the Jordan was the towering Jericho. I mean, the walls of Jericho were an architectural phenomenon. They were massive walls. And behind those walls were people that were over nine foot tall. They were giants skilled at war. The Israelites were needing an answer. The Israelites were needing a breakthrough. The Israelites were looking for a miracle. The Israelites were looking for a word from God. The Israelites were looking for the man of God. They're looking for the power of God. And who steps up to the plate to lead Israel through this challenging time is a man by the name of Joshua. And the Bible speaks of this man in Numbers 11 and verse 28 in the King James Bible. And it says, And Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of Moses. And so the man of God that is going to be used by God to push back the waters of the Jordan so that the Israelites could walk over and to pull down the walls of Jericho so the Israelites could enter the land of Canaan was a servant. Joshua was a servant. The power of God again was made manifest through a servant. In John chapter 13, we see Jesus, he's just having finished a supper with his disciples and he gets up from the table and he takes a towel and some water and he washes the feet of his disciples. We pick it up in John 13 verse 5. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet. The task of washing someone's feet was a task given to a servant. Again, in times of old, when someone arrived at your place for a meal, generally people wore open sandals and the feet would be full of sand and dust and the servant would wash the feet. People didn't sit on chairs like we know today in times of old, but they would sit on the floor and wearing sandals would make it difficult to sit. So the sandals were taken off and left outside. The servant would be washing the feet. If the Bible says Jesus was washing the feet of his disciples, the Bible is really saying that Jesus was a servant. In fact, by Jesus' own admission in Matthew 20, verse 28, he says, the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. Jesus was a servant. Jesus, the miracle worker, the one who walked on water, the one who calmed raging seas, the one who opened blind eyes and deaf ears and even caused the dead to come back to life was a servant. Jesus was a servant. Elisha was a servant. Joshua was a servant. In each one of their lives, the power of God was made manifest through a servant. Serving in the kingdom of heaven builds character and releases God's power. Say it with me. Serving in the kingdom of heaven builds character and releases God's power. Come on, say it with a little bit more vuma now. Say, serving in the kingdom of heaven builds character and releases God's power. Serving. I want to look at another servant in the Bible. His name is Zacharias. 
And his story begins in Luke chapter 1 and verse 5. And I'll read, There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias of the division of Abijah. His wife was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. Let's go down to verse 8. So it was that while he was serving as priest before God. Sorry, did anyone hear that? While he was eating fish and chips, while he was fishing in the Sea of Galilee, while he was water skiing in the Dead Sea, No, while he was serving, the man was a servant. Zacharias was serving in the temple of God. Zacharias was serving in the house of God. This would be equivalent today to someone serving in the local church where God has called them and planted them. This would be equivalent today to someone assisting and getting involved in one of the numerous ministries that we have in the local church to allow the church to function successfully. Serving could be seen as someone getting involved with the security team and looking after the cars or parking the cars on Sunday outside the church. Serving could be seen as someone getting involved with the ushering and being involved in greeting people at the door and taking them through the COVID protocol and you know showing them to their seats. Serving could be seen as someone being involved in the sound team or the media team and allowing us to have this fantastic audio and visual experience that we have on a Sunday. Serving could be seen as someone getting involved in the children's church and looking after the babies or assisting the teachers and teaching the children while we're sitting in church, training up the children so that when they're old, they will not depart therefrom. Serving could be seen as someone getting involved in the youth On a Friday, encouraging the young people and uh, helping them to stand strong in their faith. Serving could be seen as someone getting involved in the Bible school, helping in the teaching of the Word, or, or just sitting and being encouraged in the Word of God so they could be better used in building the kingdom of heaven. Serving could be seen as someone getting involved in life group and being an assistant to a leader in a life group, helping that person disciple others, or, or maybe even going through the discipleship classes so that in time to come, you could be a life group leader yourself. And open up your home in time to come for people to be discipled there. Serving, there are so many facets and so many ways in which a person can serve in the local church. But when you serve in the local church, it builds character and causes the power of God to come upon your life. Say with me when I serve in the local church. It builds character and causes the power of God to come upon my life. Let me add one other thing. Serving in the house of God with the right attitude will release the power of God upon your life. You might say to me, what has attitude got to do with it? Look at your neighbor and say, what has attitude got to do with it? Look at your neighbor and just lift your hand. And say, what, 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 what's this whole deal about attitude? Well, I'm glad you asked. Look at Luke chapter 1 verse 6. It says, and they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord blameless. Zacharias knew God. And Zacharias obeyed God's word. Obedience is a very powerful characteristic in the life of a born-again Christian. Now, obedience does not mean that you are perfect. Obedience to God's word does not mean that you are perfect. None of us are perfect. But obedience does mean that I have an attitude in my heart that says I'm going to do my very best to obey God's word. And where I fail, I'm going to pick myself up, repent, and try again. 
And if I keep failing in the same area, then I'm going to find a leader or a pastor that can pray for me and help me so that I can overcome and that I can obey God's Word. Obedience to God's Word is powerful. Obedience to God's Word is a demonstration of our love towards God. John 14 verse 15, Jesus said, if you love me, you will obey what I command. And so when Zacharias was obeying God's word, the Bible is actually saying that he was displaying love to God. And that is the attitude with which we serve. We serve with an attitude of love towards God. I don't do what I do in the house of God because of remuneration. I don't do what I do in the house of God because of applause. I don't do what I do in the house of God to show people how good I am at what I do. I do what I do because of love for Him. I don't do what I do in the house of God because of performance. I don't do what I do in the house of God to win favor with man or to further my career. I do what I do in the house of God because of love for Him. And when I love Him with all my heart, He gives me a love for His people. And when you serve in the house of God with a love for God and a love for His people, the power of God is drawn to your life. I want to say it again. When you serve in the house of God with a love for God and a love for His people, the power of God is drawn to your life. Amen? The power of God. And we see this in Zacharias' life. Would you like to see the power of God made manifest in Zacharias' life? Anyone interested in that? Nobody. I'll carry on anyway because it's powerful. Amen. Let's have a look how the power of God was made manifest in Zacharias' life. The first thing I want to show you is unusual job opportunities. Unusual job opportunities happen and are drawn to those that serve in the house of God. Luke chapter 1 verse 8 and 9. So it was that while he was serving as priest before God in the order of his division, according to the custom of the priesthood, his lot fell to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. Burning incense is something that a priest would do only once in their life. Once in their life. And not every priest got the opportunity to do this. It was a big deal for a priest to burn incense on the altar of incense. It was the closest that the priest could get to the Holy of Holies. The altar of incense was just before the veil that went into the Holy of Holies, where you know only one man, the high priest, would go once a year on the Day of Atonement. So it was a big deal for a priest to be called upon to burn incense on the altar of incense. It is an unusual job opportunity. When you serve in the house of God and you serve diligently with a good attitude, the power of God is drawn to you and unusual job opportunities come to you. Back in Cape Town where I pastored for, for many years, I would be responsible for organizing a golf day. So for about 12 years running, I would organize a golf day to raise funds for one of our community projects. And, you know, I would generally have a volunteer that would help me, help me with regards to sending out the invitations and invoices to the players and send out the sponsorship letters to the companies. It's a lot of work. And so I had a volunteer that would come in and help me for about three months. And they would come into the office every day, work a couple of hours. They didn't work for pay. They came in just to serve. And amazingly, these were people that couldn't find work anywhere else. They tried. They were unemployed. They'd sent their CVs in. Some of them had been unemployed for months and, and even a year or more. 
But yet they came and served on this project with me, the golf day. They served in the house of God consistently with a good attitude for a period of three months. And after serving, they would send their CV out again. And it's amazing how doors would open for them. This one lady was employed by one of the largest uh, accounting firms back in Cape Town. So she'd served with me on the golf day, finished serving, sent her CV in. This big company employs her. And within a couple of months, she surfaces to become a, a, a forensic financial auditor. I mean, she's got a senior position in that company. And I'm like, wow, isn't that amazing? She couldn't get a job before, but now just serving in the house of the Lord. Look at how the door opened. Another lady got a job at Volkswagen. And it wasn't long before she was a manager at Volkswagen. She was so excited. She showed me her salary because from being unemployed for more than a year, now she shows me her salary. It was, a, it was a large salary and she'd served in the house of the Lord. Another gentleman was laid off. There was an HR case, a, 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 labor, a labor case that was going on and he was laid off. He served on the golf day. After serving on the golf day, it was a couple of months afterwards that the company phoned him. The case was settled in his favor. He was reimbursed for lost earnings. They gave him his job back and shortly afterwards, he was promoted. I, say, I, I said to Megan, how is this? Is this coincidence? Every time people, they can't get a job, they come and serve. Just serve in the house for a couple of months. Just serve with a good attitude and look what the Lord does. I tell you, when you serve in the house of the Lord with a good attitude, unusual job opportunities come to you. Come on, let's give God some praise. Amen. <laughs> unusual. Oh, hallelujah. Unusual job opportunities. It's like, it's, it's like God favors you in the marketplace because you're building in his house. The second thing that happened to Zacharias, unique spiritual encounter, unique spiritual encounter. Luke chapter one, verse 11. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him standing on the right side of the altar of incense. Are you hearing me? This happened while he's serving in the house of the Lord. He sees an angel. He sees an angel. I mean, how many people have had that experience? Can you imagine seeing an angel and talking to an angel? What would that do to your faith? Surely that would accelerate your spiritual growth. Surely that would build your confidence in the Word of God. And uh, I mean, surely you would never forget that. It would be etched into your being, tattooed upon your soul. You've had an encounter with an angel. It's an unforgettable experience. I mean, Zacharias cannot be the same person after having an encounter with the angel. And it happened while he's serving in the house of the Lord. There are unique spiritual encounters that come to us and shape our destinies and callings. And it happens as we serve in the house of the Lord. Many years ago, when I was just saved for around about 12 months, I got involved in the house of God. I became an usher and greeted people at the door. I became a counselor. In other words, people got saved and I would lead them into the room at the back and take down their details and say a short prayer for them. And then I got involved in the feeding scheme and I would uh, go off to church into the city center and feed homeless people. And I would shake hands with them at the door and I would be responsible for cleaning the toilets before and afterwards. It's not a, not a great job cleaning the toilets. I didn't like it. But I got the revelation that in doing that job, I would be serving in the feeding scheme. And when I got that revelation, I thought, gosh, what a privilege to be able to be serving in the house of God. I made sure that those toilets were the cleanest toilets in the whole of Cape Town. I put my heart into it and I served with a good attitude. 
The next thing I know, a few weeks later, I'm in a discipleship class together with the homeless people. We would have discipleship classes. And one of the people couldn't hear and kept on breaking up the, the teaching. I wasn't doing the teaching. I was assisting the teacher and kept on saying, I can't hear, I can't hear. And so I took this gentleman outside and I said to them, do you believe that God can use me to heal you? And the man looked at me and said, yes, you're just like Moses. And I thought, well, I mean, I had a bit more hair, a bit of a growth. And I thought, yeah, I think I, this guy's got faith. And I, I put my finger in his ear and I prayed in the name of Jesus Christ. I command this deaf spirit to come out. And then I clicked my finger next to his ear. Don't forget, I've only been saved for 12 months. And the man says, I can hear, I can hear. I thought he's joking. I, I did it again. He said, no, I can hear, I can hear. I took him back into the class and I was watching him and he didn't complain again. His ear was supernaturally healed. That was the first time that I experienced the power of God moving through my life. It happened while I was serving in the house of the Lord. I became familiar with the power of God working through my hands, through my hands. I was just a young Christian, and it, and it, and it shaped my destiny. It wasn't too long after that that I began to pray for people. In fact, I started to pray for anything that moved. I prayed for dog, cats, birds, peacocks, animals. I, pr I prayed for everything, including people. And it wasn't long after that that I started to have miracle crusades. And, and hundreds of people would come to the services and be prayed for and be healed. And and then the door opened to have those same services in Australia and Germany. And I was thinking, gosh, all of that started with me serving in the house of the Lord. It's there that I became familiar with the power of God flowing through my life. When you serve in the house of the Lord, you set yourself up for unique spiritual encounters. Come on, let's give God praise. Unique spiritual encounters, unusual job opportunities. Something happens when you serve in the house of the Lord. It doesn't finish there, but what about miraculous answers to prayer? Does anyone want a miraculous answer to prayer in this place? Well, if you do, serve in the house of God. Luke chapter 1, verse 13. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son and you shall call his name John. If you go to Luke 1, verse 7, to better understand that. But they had no child because Elizabeth was barren and they were both well advanced in years. It was medically impossible for Elizabeth to have children. She was barren. It was biologically, physiologically for this couple impossible to have children because they were past childbearing age. Everything was against them in terms of them having a child. But the man of God served in the house of God and he prayed and God heard the prayer and miraculously this lady Elizabeth became pregnant. I want to tell you something. When you serve in the house of God, there are miraculous answers to prayer. God will make a way where there is no way. He will turn barrenness into abundance and lack into overflow. He will bring streams in the rivers and rivers in the desert. He will do stuff that you and I can't even understand. It is beyond our comprehension. But we serve in the house of the Lord and we serve with a good attitude, an attitude of love for God and love for His people, unusual job opportunities, unique spiritual encounters, miraculous answers to prayer. And my final point is what happened to Zacharias is that he experienced a powerful blessing over his children. Powerful blessing upon our children. Luke 1 verse 14, 
And it's speaking here of this child that Zacharias and Elizabeth would give birth to, the child being John the Baptist. And the Bible says, and you'll have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. He will also be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. Listen to this blessing upon this child. He'll be a holy child. He'll bring revival to Israel. He'll be filled with the Holy Spirit from a little baby. He's going to come out in the maternity ward going, Get I mean, how powerful is this blessing? Mom and dad are serving in the house of the Lord. And look at the blessing coming upon their children. I tell you, when you get involved in the house of the Lord, the blessing extends past your life and reaches the life of your children. The sacrifices you make here in the house of God go beyond your life and bless your children. They bless your children. I have three children. Two of the children are studying at university in Stellenbosch. So my eldest child, 22 years old, Tristan, he's in his honors year of chartered accounting. He completed matric with 90% and received a merit bursary from Stellenbosch University, which uh, allowed him to be discounted for his accommodation fees. He also received a bursary from another company that paid for his entire education for the first three years an entire bursary. My daughter is in her second year of industrial psychology. She did so well in her first year of industrial psychology, came in the top 5% of her class. They gave her a merit bursary that discounted her second years of university fees. My little girl Zoe, she's just started high school. She is so academically excellent that a particular high school gave her a scholarship for her entire high school career, a high school that's just down the road from where I stay, a private high school in Hillcrest. And I'm like, whoa, where does this come from? Because when I look at my life, I wasn't academically excellent. I got an A for absence <laughs> and an E for excellence. I didn't do well at school. I just got through, and Megan was kind of the same. You know, she was a bit better than me, but we both kind of got a D average, you know, a university pass. That's what we got. And I'm trying to think, well, maybe it was Megan's parents, but no, the parents, they didn't get it either. And I look at my parents. It wasn't there. I still have my mom's matric results in my cupboard, and it's, it's worse than mine. And I'm thinking, where, where does it come from? It's not in our parents. It's not in our grandparents. Where does this blessing come from? I tell you where it comes from. When Tristan got to university, I'd already been serving in the house of the Lord with a good attitude for 21 years. God saw what I did in his house, and he said, I'm going to do something in your house. I'm going to anoint your children with academic excellence. It'll go beyond anything that passes down the bloodline. You won't see it in your life, your parents' life, or your grandparents' life. This will be an unusual blessing that will come upon your parents, that will come upon your children. And the Lord anointed my children, all three of them, with academic excellence. When I look at their reports, I'm like just, whoa, this is incredible. When they apply for bursaries, they get it because of their marks. I'm thinking this is amazing. To put two children through university and another child through a private school, that costs a lot of money. It's outside of my budget, but it's not outside of his budget. When you serve in the house of the Lord, God sees what you do. You come here early in the morning, 5.30, 6 o'clock. Don't think it's in vain. God sees everything you do in his house, and he begins to bless your children, and your children begin to excel 
in academics and excelling sport. It didn't come from anywhere. It came from mom and dad serving in the house of the Lord. Come on, let's give God some praise. That's how good our God is. I want to encourage you. If it happened for Zacharias, it'll happen for you. The power of God is drawn to a servant in the house of God, serving with a good attitude. Zacharias experienced unusual job opportunities. Zacharias experienced unique spiritual encounters. Zacharias experienced miraculous answers to prayer. And Zacharias experienced a powerful blessing upon his child. If it happened for him, it'll happen for you. I want to encourage you to serve in the house of God. Serve in the house of God. Elisha was a servant and he experienced the power of God. Joshua was a servant and he experienced the power of God. Jesus was a servant and he experienced the power of God. Zacharias was a servant and he experienced the power of God. Now it's your turn. It's time for you to serve so that the power of God can be made manifest in and through your life and touch the lives of your children. So this that I'm talking about today can come upon you. Everyone say with me, unusual job opportunities, unique spiritual encounters, miraculous answers to prayer, and powerful blessings upon my children. These are things that happen to servants. Now when you leave in just a moment, there's going to be a table somewhere out close to the parking lot over there. There'll be a couple of balloons around there. There'll be some volunteers standing around the table with pieces of paper. They're looking for you to put down your name and phone number and a department that you'd like to serve in. You just have to say youth, children's church, choir, band. That's all you have to say. And that department will phone you in this coming week so that you can get involved and become a servant in the house of the Lord. I've seen it work for me. Believe me, it is amazing. When you look at that child's reports, when Zoe comes to me and asks me things about maths, and I, I, it's beyond me. I look at Tristan explaining things in accounting and coming to me and helping me with tax. I mean, he has my own child, he's 22 years old, helping me with tax and informing me about things. And I'm thinking the academic excellence. I look at the textbooks they go through. Pastor Wayne, textbooks, financial books. I look at the way he studies. I look at the marks come back. 90% in matric. I'm saying, Megan, look at this. This is the Lord. We must be doing something right, Megan. We're serving in the house of God. This blessing will come upon you too. Please, when you leave the service, don't just idly walk past that table. Put your name down. Put your phone number down. And I guarantee you as the months go by, when I'm busy saying up here, you'll be busy saying from your own life. You'll be giving God praise, saying, look, it really works. Serve in the house of God with a good attitude and He'll bless you with incredible power and incredible anointing. Come on, let's give God praise one more time. We love you, Jesus. We give you all the praise and all the glory. Hallelujah. Come on, let's stand to our feet this morning. It all started with Zacharias when the Bible said Zacharias knew God. I wonder if you know God. Knowing God is more than a building, a sermon, a song. It's, um, gosh, it's, it's an amazing thing. When I first got to know God, I, you know, I was totally overwhelmed. I found a love in God. The Bible says God is love. When I found God, I didn't 
I didn't find a God that was wanting to punish me for all the things I'd done wrong. I found love, a love unlike any other love I've ever experienced in my life. A love so powerful that it changed me. I say to people, I was born a disaster, but God turned me into a pastor. It's the love of God that did that. I, I, was, a, I was a mess. You know, speak about education. I was at UCT studying business science. I was so high on marijuana that one day I found myself in the engineering class. Uh, asking questions in the engineering class. Meantime, I'd enrolled for business science. You know, I mean, God did a work in me. I, it, when I encountered the love of God, I thought, gosh, this is real. This is not, this is, we're not playing games here. This is, this is real. He's real. And I've been serving the Lord for some 29 years nonstop. It's the greatest experience. Please don't go home without it. If you don't know the love of God today, please call upon His name and allow Jesus to step into your life. Allow the heavens to open. Allow yourself to realize how valuable and special you are in the sight of God. He loves you. He made you. And He has a unique plan and purpose for your life. I want everyone just to bow their heads and to close their eyes. You're standing in this place and you say, Pastor Mark, I'm not serving the Lord. I've slipped away. I've backslidden. Things have happened in my life. And, you know, I'm not where I'm supposed to be with God. I'm, I'm, I'm so glad you're here. Please, as you hear my voice, don't go home the way you came in. But know that you serve a God of love. He wants nothing more than to put His arms around you and love you and allow your life to be as fruitful as what He purposed. With every head bowed and every eye closed, Pastor Mark, please pray for me. I need Jesus. I've lost my way. If that's you, just slip up your hand wherever you are. Wherever you are, just slip up your hand. I'll see your hand. God bless you, sir. God bless you at the back. Wherever you are, just slip up your hand. I'll see your hand. Lift it nice and high. I'll see your hand and I'll pray for you. God bless you. God bless you. Slip it up. God bless you, sir. Wherever you are, God bless you. Yes, I want Jesus. I don't want to go home the way I came in. I, I want this Jesus. I want His love. I don't just want a building, a sermon, a song. I, I want His love. I want to know Him. It must be real. Please pray for me. If you haven't lifted your hand yet, but you know you need to, slip it up quickly. Wherever you are, slip it up quickly at the back. God bless you. We're going to pray together. And I want everyone to say this prayer. Say with me, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Christ, Jesus Christ. I believe, I believe that, you are God's son, that you are God's Son. And that you died for me. And that you died for me. Jesus, I am sorry for everything I have done wrong. Please forgive me. Jesus, today I receive you into my life as my Lord and my Savior. Today I am born again. My past is behind me. I am forgiven. I am forgiven. I am forgiven. Yeah, let it sink in. I am forgiven. I am forgiven. I'm a child of God. He's my Father. The Holy Spirit lives in me. I'm a new creation. I belong to Him. I love you, Jesus. And I give you all the praise and all the glory. Now, if you said that prayer, there's some ushers around you that'll just give you a form for you to fill in. Those of you that are live streaming, you can just put in the comment section that you prayed the prayer 
so that we can make contact with you. Or otherwise, just email the office so that we can stay in touch with you and encourage you in the things of God and see you grow in the house of God. God bless you. Have you been blessed this morning? Come on, say it one more time. Unusual job opportunities. Unique spiritual encounters. Miraculous answer to prayer. Powerful blessings upon our children. These are the rewards of servanthood. God bless you. Thank you for being here this morning. Look forward to seeing you during the week and next Sunday. And don't forget as you go out, the volunteers table. Please put your name and phone number down so we can contact you and get you involved in the house of the Lord. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Amen.